The AR-15 rifle is under attack. It's time to come to its defense. Check this out. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, welcome everyone. It is Jeff Anderson, editor of Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And this week's episode is going to be another little solo rant of mine because it's time for me to get on the soapbox and respond to some of the media that's out there and some of the the discontent that's happening following the mass shooting at a high school in Parkland, Florida, where 17 high schoolers were killed by a lone gunman in there that was that had weapons of mass destruction, if you will, in the in the eyes of the media, uh, with an AR-15 rifle. And as this happens every time, and, and, it, and it's happening far too often that we are having school shootings that are just despicable. Uh, I, th- I know that we all, everybody that's listening to this, feels the same way that I do, which is these are evil people. These are deranged, psychotic People that do not value life, um, mental issues, yes, but is it an AR-15 issue? That's the question, and that's the question under scrutiny these days, a lot of times in the media. And it really kind of came about for me where I finally feel like I had to really do something because of the media that I see out there. And I know you see it also. Uh, there was one particular article that I saw, which is actually after a different shooting that happened, but it still is the general sentiment of a lot of people out there that aren't shooters, that don't understand the AR-15 rifle, mischaracterize it, and also just don't understand it and don't understand its its practical applications that it, that it does have. Now, I want to start off by, by saying that th- we do have a problem. We absolutely do have a problem. The question always comes down after these shootings is, do we have a gun control problem? Um, I will shock everybody to say that, yes, we do have a gun control problem. I feel we have a gun control problem, and I think logically most responsibly armed citizens out there under the right, uh, if you if you look at it logically, would also agree that we have a gun control problem. And I say that because, as a general rule, if some of you haven't tuned out already, <laughs> is that we all have the we all have the goal of keeping weapons out of the hands of bad guys and psychotic killers who can kill our children, my child who is in school, um, and putting them in the hands of the people that need to defend against those people who will get guns regardless in some way, shape, or form. We know that'll happen. We know that bad guys uh, don't really care about gun-free zones. We don't. They, they want an easy mark. They want to be able to use a weapon to be able to get what they, what they want. And we need a weapon in order to be able to fight back against those people. If somebody comes into my home, if a gang comes into my home with a home invasion and they're armed with firearms, I'm not going, I need something more than a spoon and a knife 
to be able to fight back against them. Again, the question comes down to, is the AR-15 the right one for that? And it comes out of a, uh, it comes out of a, um, a, an article that I saw that says that the AR-15, uh, being for home defense is insane. It comes from bustle.com. I normally don't give the websites for these and everything, but this is a bustle.com, which said arguments that the AR-15 is for home defense are insane. And there are five reasons that they give for why the AR-15 is is an insane choice for a home defense weapon, and I have <laughs> I have a retort for each one of these one of these five things that I wanted to go through, um, but I won't deny that these the AR-15s do make it easier to kill larger amounts of people. I mean that's why they're being used in many of these shootings because they can kill more people in a in a shorter amount of time. Um, Defending against a large group of people is one of the reasons why I do own an AR, whether that is a gang that has come into my home, whether it is a, a larger scale attack of some kind as a patriot. Like I, as a bottom line foundation when it comes to what guns we should be able to own, I firmly believe that again, bad guys shouldn't have weapons. They, they shouldn't. That's why felons are not allowed. <laughs> legally to own a firearm because they're seen as a potential threat and we don't want to give them we don't want to give them weapons however i am not an active shooter i am a family man i want to protect my my home and my family and as an educated shooter i should be able to own any weapon that i want for the purposes of protecting myself and my family if that's a bazooka which i'm not going to choose a bazooka but nonetheless i feel like as a general rule it shouldn't be regulated what I have to be able to use to protect myself if it is a logical choice for me to use for for personal protection. Now, that's a general rule. Now, I'm not saying that every weapon is can be used for personal protection. Now, it all depends upon what I'm defending against, right? In some cases, maybe a bazooka would be right. But I'm not planning for going up against the entire you know Russian alliance of, of tanks or anything like that. But... Let me just say that when it comes to home defense, the AR-15 is the superior choice for a home defense weapon. Now, I went over this in my podcast number 170, so you can go back and listen to that for all of the details of why the AR-15 is, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of expert shooters out there and firearms trainers, is the superior choice for home defense as a weapon. I'm going to go in a few of those tips because they, they come back as responses for, for this article that I'm going to go through. But if you want to get the full uh, rundown on that, you want to go over to podcast number 170 to be able to get that. You can also grab, I'll add in the, the cheat sheet for that episode in this week's show notes. You can just go over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 183 because this is podcast number 183. You can grab all the show notes for this podcast, as well as I will th- throw in that checklist also uh, for the uh, the benefits of the AR-15. But we are going to go into a few here. But what I want to do is take the five arguments for this these, uh, for Bustle.com's reasons why the AR-15 is a home defense is an insane choice for home defense, and go through those. Now, I again, I do believe that something has to be done. And I will give you my thoughts at the end of this podcast for what I think can and should be done. I have lost subscribers in the past based upon some of my viewpoints to some of the people that are that believe in no regulation whatsoever. And as far as I'm concerned, if that's your 
your closed-minded viewpoint, then you probably don't belong here anyway. Um, but, uh, and you may not agree with some of the things that I have to say, and I would love to hear from you. I have an open mind, and I, and I hate closed minds as a general rule. I think we all need to be open to keeping our kids safe, keeping people safe, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some of those things in this episode. I'll give you some of my thoughts at the very end after I go through these. But number one, uh, reason number one why people out there, and I, I, th- I see these as very common arguments that I see um, for Bustle.com, is that the, uh, the AR-15 was designed for military use. So that's reason number one of why it's not a good choice for home defense. Uh, they, re- they point out that the AR-15 was designed in the 50s for the purposes of war, and thank God, because thanks to superior firepower, we've been able to win wars and take peop- bad people off of the earth. Um, but that it was designed for military use and, and, and making that a reason why it's not for home defense just doesn't even make any sense. And, and it shouldn't detract from its effectiveness for personal defense. Again, the reason why it was designed is because it is a powerful man stopper. Yes, it is great on the battlefield, but it, but a bad guy in my home is an enemy combatant. He is there to kill my family or whatever he's going to do with my family. I'm pulling out a weapon because I believe that my life and life of my family is in jeopardy and I want the best weapon to be able to do that job. Again, for all the reasons that I point out in podcast number 170, the best weapon for that job is the AR-15. Now, a lot of people will say, and now one of the reasons that they give here I'll talk about, um, a lot of people say that it's too powerful of a weapon for home defense. Um, again, if my intent is to stop an attacker in front of me, I want the most powerful weapon. I don't want a weapon that is going to be ineffective, that he's going to be able to keep charging at my family, even after putting several rounds in him, because it's not a powerful enough round that's that I'm shooting at him. So I, I need as much stopping power as possible to stop that person as quickly as possible. So I have to use, so I won't have to use so many rounds that could possibly injure another attacker or things like that, or I mean, not another attacker, <laughs> injure one of my one of my loved ones or something like that. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Um, but that it was designed for military use has no bearing on whether or not it is is effective enough for home defense. The second reason they give uh, is that the AR-15 wastes ammunition. In fact, they state that note. They note that the AR-15 can fire up to 45 rounds per minute. If and they say, if you are attempting to use this gun for self-defense, if someone is attacking you and your family, it's not the best move. Bullets are going to be flying everywhere, and the potential to hit a family member, a neighbor, a pet, or even yourself seems dangerously high. Um, so I have I have a few things to say about this actually. Uh, I agree that the AR-15, in some cases, wastes ammunition, in that I am not a fan of full-auto ammunition. Uh, I'm sorry, of a a full-auto weapon. Uh, I know that a lot of people love to go out there and get their license to be able to fire full-auto and and things like that. I generally think that that is more for ego than it is for actual purpose, uh, even in the military, on the battlefield, I did not want full auto. Uh, when I first went in, the M16 was a full auto select fire weapon, and we rarely used it, ex- uh, except for using it for suppressive fire or firing against a massive onslaught of people that are coming at you. It is a waste of ammunition to go on full auto. That's not what this article is. They're not saying anything about full auto. They're just saying that generally 
AR-15 can fire that many rounds, and they're basically painting the picture of a shooter who is not in control of the weapon and bullets are just flying all over the place because there's more rounds? It doesn't make any sense. But to give a, a, a really a better response to this is that you're more accurate with an AR-15 with any sort of a rifle than you are with a pistol. A pistol is not is not as accurate as a shoulder-fired weapon or as a longer-barreled weapon is. That's basic facts, folks. So you are going to be more accurate with an AR for home defense than you are going to be with a pistol. Now, the other thing about those rounds are flying all over the place and they could potentially hit other people. Accuracy is a huge part of that. You should always know what your backstop is as well. But being accurate so that you hit your attacker and do not go through a wall behind the attacker and hit somebody that you love is a big, that's a concern for people, sure. But over penetration with an AR round with a 223 or 556 is less than that with a handgun or a shotgun, which are typically mostly used for home defense. People, people put those out as, as the best home defense weapons. And as I say in podcast number 170, it's actually a myth that that the AR-15 or that 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 kind of a rifle uh, has more overpenetration uh, uh, problems. It does not. It has less than a shotgun and a handgun. So what that means is that you are actually less likely to strike a family member by accident, or for that round to go through enough walls to be able to hit somebody on the outside of your home that you would be liable for also. So that that's just a, 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 a it's just a false statement. Okay. Uh, reason number three that they give is that the AR-15 is a vanity rifle. And the things that they point out are that one of the reasons that the AR-15 is popular is because it can be endlessly customized and make a gun owner feel powerful. It's a weapon that gun owners can brag about owning, but its usefulness in self-protection is questionable at best. Um, okay, so let me respond to this. Uh, again, this really has nothing to do with whether or not it can be used for home defense. That, peop- that some people buy it as a vanity weapon because it's cool. Um, I'm sure in some cases that's true, but that, again, has nothing to do with its effectiveness for, um, for that. In fact, the reason for all the customizations that you get with an AR-15 weapon, which is true, is to make the rifle more effective. The, what I want to do with any weapon that I use for home defense is make it more effective as a home defense weapon. If that means that putting down, putting in a vertical foregrip that I can make it more accurate, more easy to handle so that I'm more accurate with it and the bad guy is stopped sooner and that my loved ones are protected sooner and that there is less chance of me missing my target and striking somebody that I love or somebody on the outside, then you would want me to have that customization, wouldn't you? Um, being able to put a red dot scope on it, um, being able to choose the a an expandable stock on it that allows me to customize it to my frame and make it more accurate and more powerful, powerful as a weapon means that in the hands of a responsible shooter, it is more effective at protecting yourself. So it doesn't matter that to me that it can be um, it can be customized, or whether or not somebody makes it a vanity rifle, um, that's that's just stupidity. 
on both parts. If somebody is just getting it because it's cool, it's tactical cool, then I think it's, you know, there's stupid customizations. And there are stupid customizations you can put on these things. We talked about this actually um, with uh, my friend Ox, who is a tactical trainer and also believes in the AR-15 as a powerful home defense weapon. Uh, we just did this for the New World Patriot Alliance. We just did a, a special special broadcast specifically on customization to the AR, what's right, what's wrong, what you should look at for home defense and what you shouldn't. Um, if you are a New World Patriot Alliance member, then I recommend that you go over and check out, the uh, get the recording for that, because we basically went through every aspect of the AR-15 and talked about what you should and shouldn't look at as customizations. If you are not a New World Patriot member, um, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. We are getting ready to close the doors on it because of the amount of members that we have in there and the services that we provide for everybody. Um, we are getting ready to close the doors on that in March. So if you're not a member and you want to get that recording as well as others and other training that we have, you want to go over to newworldpatriot.org. Make sure that you sign up now while you still can. Um, but nonetheless, um, those are mod these modifications are things that make us make us more effective. Um, but there are things you do not want to do, like you know, really cool death assassin monkey ninja paint jobs on it that will be paraded around in a courtroom if you have to use it for home defense you have to be able to justify what it is if you've got skulls and crossbones and all that kind of stuff on it it makes you look like a psychotic killer that was trying to destroy the person in your home you know un with excessive force there's just all, all sorts of things that we talk about with that all right but reason number four that uh, the article gives for why the ar-15 is an insane home defense weapon is that the odds of an, it says the odds of an AR-15 or any gun being used for home defense are low. Okay. This sounds more like a, a general gun ban <laughs> proposition at the very bottom level. So, uh, they also go, they go on to say that the LA Times reported that there, uh, was just one justifiable killing for every 32 murders, suicides, or accidental deaths. The ratio increases to 38 to 1 over a five year period ending in 2012. With that data in mind, would having an assault rifle, as they put it, in your home honestly make you feel any safer? Well, that depends, right? If it's your home that somebody's breaking into, then yes, the AR-15 does make me feel safer because it is my primary choice, choice for a home defense weapon. Now, I will say that if we look at those numbers, just if you take them on at what the LA Times reported, um, the bigger problem are the unjustifiable killings, right? So they say 32 murders, suicides, or accidental deaths, and only one to, to every one justifiable killing. Well, okay. Well, murders are going, if, if somebody wants to murder someone, then whether or not they can use a gun or whether they should be banned because they might use a gun doesn't really mean anything. Because if your intent is to murder somebody, there are lots of ways to murder somebody, and if that is a true murder, whether that is a gang-related, if it's a gang-related murder, which we see those, those, those homicides, well, those criminals are going to get guns one way or another, whether they're stolen from homes like mine and yours, um, whether they are, wherever they come from, they are going to get those kinds of weapons. Uh, suicides, if you want to kill yourself, you don't need a gun to do it, but it's probably a, a faster way to do it, I suppose. But uh, nonetheless, if somebody wants to commit suicide, they're going to commit suicide. I shouldn't not be able to defend myself with a weapon 
against the criminals that do have guns if somebody because somebody uses it for suicide. Now, accidental deaths, I think, are really important. Uh, there are children who kill other children or kill themselves because of weapons that are left out by parents and things like that, and that is a problem. But is that a problem of uh, is that a is a is that a gun ban problem? No, it's not. It's not. It's dumbass parent problem is what it is. Or th that that kids can get access to these guns, or or people that own weapons and don't know how to use them because they leave it loaded and they're cleaning it and it goes off. That that whole scenario um, that is a problem. So and I and I am going to talk about that here at the end with what some of the things that I think can be done. Okay. All right. So then we come to the final. The final one, which is the AR-15, uh, the final reason that they give is that the AR-15 is powerful enough to pierce body armor, and that's the reason why you shouldn't have it uh, for home defense. Certainly in some cases this is true, and there have been attempts to ban armor-piercing 5.56 rounds, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the AR-15, uh, the fact that it can be used to, I mean, I don't think anybody's buying it because they can pierce armor. If they do, they're most likely looking at that as they want to shoot police officers who are the ones who are going to most mostly be carrying or wearing body armor. And again, that is the the AR-15 being used by gang members or criminals with the intent of fighting back against people that would be wearing body armor. Again, that has nothing really to do with whether or not that weapon shouldn't be used for home defense. If it has less, if it's, as for all the reasons I've stated, if it's less likely to hurt other people, which it is. All right. So that's just a, a general response. Now, you've heard all five reasons. I'd love to hear what your reasons are for why these are, are stupid reasons for why the AR-15 is not a good home defense weapon. So you can look at all five of those, and I will let you respond back on our blog in the comments section and uh, and things like that. Now, but... I'm one who always believes that anytime you bring a problem to somebody that you also need to bring a solution to it as well. And so what I will say is that there are things that need to be done and there are things that can be done in the way of making our kids safer. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about right now. I actually did a three episode, uh, I did a three episode podcast series on specifically this topic about what can be done. It was meant to be a constructive a three-part three series, constructive look at what can be done and to get feedback from people. Now I'll say that you're not going to agree with all of my points of view, and that's perfectly fine. There are people out there that believe that there shouldn't be regulation, that um, that just enough isn't being done to, to hold up the laws that we currently have, and that's certainly, there are some truths to that as well. Um, including things that even just happened in this last shooting here in, in Florida. There are some things I think that were pretty, that were pretty, um, pretty telling about things that, that should be done here. But let's talk about that. Um, because when I do have frustrations like with the NRA and this might not be a popular thing if you are a diehard NRA member. I am a, a proud member of the NRA. I'm a lifetime member of the NRA. Our business is part of the NRA Business Alliance. And, and I do support their, their actions in being able to, to defend our right, uh, for second, you know, our, our second amendment rights and be able to own a weapon. Um, however, I do have my problems with the NRA. I do think that they, they obstruct more than they do leading the charge for actually having common sense gun control. Now I know that that has become a, a, a tag term that is being used politically. 
um, against, you know, the liberals out there of, of, you know, common sense, gun control. People have gotten too wrapped around the term, but I think that there, there are things that are common sense wise that can be done. And I've said this from my own experience because I have purchased guns at gun shows and had no checks on me at all. The first time I did it, I remember walking out of a gun show and saying, geez, what if I were a mass killer? Like I was, I basically just, in some cases I haven't, didn't even have, they didn't even have paperwork to, for me to fill out because they ran out of it. And so my information went on an index card. What happened to that index card? I don't know. But if I were an active shooter, I could have walked into the gun shows. Now this might be different in different states. Um, in fact it is, but um, I live in a very um, state that is liberal in, in being able to offer firearms. Uh, my information does not go through an immediate background check or anything like that. I can literally just go into pretty much any gun store and just walk out with a weapon. And I could be an active shooter. I could be, be, be mentally deranged. I could be all of those things. And I could, I could unleash fury within just a matter of minutes of walking out the front door. Um, but I digress a little bit here. I think that the NRA should be leading the charge. Um, one, I think it would help divert some of the, uh, the focus on it being an obstructionist organization. Um, maybe there are things the NRA is doing that I'm not aware of, and I'm, I'm more than happy to hear about some of the, um, the proactive things that we're doing to keep hands out of the, the hand, or keep guns out of the hands of criminals and make them safer for people. Um, I think that there are certainly, um, things that have been done, like, you know, locks being, Included with purchases of, of firearms, things like that that I think are, are beneficial. There are certainly laws that have been placed on the books that do make things safer, but have not really been, been well, um, articulated out there, people knowing about them as well as them being enforced. Um, nonetheless, I really do wish that the NRA would do more because we do have the same goals of keeping, uh, weapons out of the hands of bad guys and in the hands of responsibly armed citizens. Okay. One of the things that I have put out there as a proactive way of helping to alleviate some of these, these gun control issues and to make things safer is to make training for new gun owners mandatory, to include range training and especially safety training. Because even if somebody is a responsibly armed citizen, I think it is irresponsible to not know how to operate that weapon, to not know how to store that weapon, especially if you have children, and to not be able to to not know how to shoot that weapon. The fact that people are able to walk out of a, um, out of a, a gun store without knowing anything about how to use that weapon scares the living hell out of me. The fact that a neighbor of mine might not know how to choose the right ammunition to be able to shoot that weapon accurately, that the, 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 them shooting at a rattlesnake near my property with their eyes closed and looking away from it because they don't like the bang of the gun scares the living hell out of me. I don't want the first time them pulling that trigger to be with somebody in you know, on their property because they don't know how to identify a right target and they're shooting in my direction. And I'm in, I live in an area that's rural and there are people, I hear gunshots all the time around me. People who were able to shoot, if you're outside the city limits, you're able to shoot on your, on your property. And uh, so, like, again, it's, I'm in a very liberal area when it comes to things like that. But I do think that there should be mandatory training for all new gun owners. That would stop a lot of these accidental deaths because people would understand the safety necessity that you you have to store it safely, how to store it safely at home. 
Right now, people can leave a gun store and in and not have to know any of that stuff. They they take it home, they put it in their bedside drawer because that's what they think they're supposed to do. Their kid finds it. There was a round inside of it. Boom! It goes off. Those are there. These accidental deaths are a problem. Okay. So I do, and, and the other, the other reason why this is a, a big thing for me, probably the number one thing I recommend that we do for, if you want to call it gun control, it's really controlling what people, it's controlling dumbasses, uh, from not being informed about how to use that weapon. That's for their benefit. It's for their family's benefit. And it can, it can even be for our benefit, for our Second Amendment rights, because one, it keeps, it does keep, um, it does make sure that Stupid people are not jacking up these numbers that that give um, uh, gun control advocates, like excessive gun control advocates, the ammunition that they need, to use a pun, uh, to be able to ban weapons because people will be smarter with weapons out there. But here's the other thing that I think we really need, why we need to look at this is because it will boost the firearms industry. I mean, there are, there are a lot of people that I know that are firearms instructors that Look, this is part of their livelihood is being able to teach these classes for for concealed handgun carry and things like that. And it's hard to get people into their classes a lot of times. So making this type of training mandatory would be a boost for and, and a support for those firearms instructors out there because there would be an avenue for getting more people into these firearms classes. It would create um, it would it would give better business to firearms ranges, firearms instructors and it would create a, a more informed uh, armed citizen network out there, if you will. Okay, so that's what that's one of the big things that I think are really important. Now we do still have the problem of people with medical health issues, which I think we do have a medical health. I'm sorry, a mental health uh, mental health problem. We do have a mental health problem. We absolutely do, and that is a huge part of this because anybody that would take their their firearm and go into a school like Sandy Hook and shoot. You know, kindergartners, that's a, there is a mental health component there, and that is huge. And we, that definitely needs to be addressed. And we need to keep firearms out of the hands of people who are psychotic. Now, I have said this before that I have no, I know people that do have mental health issues that should not own a firearm, yet they do. And that scares me. And, um, so, so that that's that is part of it. How we do that, I don't really know, but I I think that it definitely needs to be part of the conversation, and it needs to be a proactive conversation that we're having within the gun industry to make sure that again these numbers aren't getting jacked up, and we'll end up potentially one day eliminating some of our rights. That there could be a, a, a quote unquote assault weapons ban that would remove the my number one choice for home defense, but. I think that also for school shooters, students in schools need to do more internally to stop students from becoming shooters. Now, this is not all the time, but let's face it, that if, if somebody is um, a, a teenager, if they are an adolescent, uh, they don't have as much as many years under their belt to be a responsibly armed citizen. And so... Um, they are a th- they are a potential threat. If they can get their hands on a weapon like their parents' weapon or something like that, then they can go to school. They're they're not as wise. They don't have that same kind of um, thought process that we have as adults. They're they're less informed. They're less they're less prepared for that for making a, a better judgment decisions about um, about 
resolving conflict outside of pulling a trigger. Okay. But nonetheless, this, this one guy, uh, just at, at, um, in Florida that went back to his old high school and, and shot these people, there is a mental health component there to it. But the schools need to do more internally to help combat these kids becoming these shooters. And I will tell you that as a personal story, my son reported a kid at school who was, who had, who in the, the lunch line, uh, made a threat to blowing up the school. Now this was a kid who was known to be, you know, have potential violent tendencies. And my son did the right thing. He reported the person anonymously to the principal that the kid was brought in. It was, um, it was discussed with the kid. Um, he was, um, Detained, not detained from school, but, um, and not expelled from school, although he, he ultimately ended up leaving, but, uh, he was, he was put on a leave of absence from the school for, for making that threat. It was identified that it, he was not, it was possibly not a serious threat, but the police did talk to him. And so be it, the kid made a remark and should have been, it wasn't even done necessarily potentially in jest, but it should have been researched. So my son did the right thing. Now, for that, he was labeled in retaliation by other kids in the school as a school shooter, as a potential school shooter, and fear Tristan because he's going to come to school and he's going to shoot you. And this created a a lot of fear among some of the students there. And bullying and cyberbullying has become rampant in our schools. And this feeling, I mean, look, it's, it was hard enough being a teenager in my years, right? It's far worse these days, far, 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 far worse. And because of cyberbullying and the things that happen there, it ostracizes certain kids more and there's a less of a sense of belonging, uh, more of a, uh, a lone, lone wolf type of an attitude. And again, these kids don't necessarily have all the tools for resolving conflict like that. Um, when my, my son did the right thing and he confronted these people who were, who were basically making these claims about him being a shooter. And, um, and they said, Oh, don't worry about it. We do this every year. We, uh, we, we label somebody as a shooter and we, um, you know, it's just something we do. Don't take it too personally. Well, it created fear in the school. And how do I know that some other kid afraid, thinking that my son is going to be a school shooter doesn't report him. In fact, he was reported. Uh, he was reported to uh, the principal as a potential school shooter. My son had to defend himself that he he is not he does not have that mindset at all. But there was one other kid the year before that was chosen as the quote unquote school shooter, and the bullying became so rampant that he ended up leaving the school and going to another school. And kids from that school learned about that kid's uh, label. And then he became the, the quote unquote school shoot, the potential school shooter in that school as well. Now, it's not far off to believe that that kind of ostracizing would lead somebody to feeling more alone, more despondent, more depressed. And, and if they could get access to a weapon, maybe if they got so depressed, they could maybe take that out and say, well, if you, if you think I'm going to be that way, then I'm going to be that way. That's a, that's a stretch. I mean, that even, you know, that's, that's a stretch, even for me to be able to say that. But nonetheless, I think that we have to look at the bullying that happens in school that is, tr- is triggering people to feel like they need to take out their frustrations on the kids who are making them feel alone. So I think that is a school responsibility. That is a student responsibility. And I think that, and I, and look, I, I, 
I applaud the kids for standing up. Uh, right now, there's a, a movement right now happening. Yes, it is to to ban these types of weapons, and these students are doing that. But I applaud them taking action to be able to change things. The responsibility comes down to all of us to be able to make my kids safer, our kids safer, kids in general safer, and the world safer. And part of that is by owning a gun yourself and being responsibly armed and trained with your weapon so that you can defend yourself. That we do have people, that we do have good guys and girls with guns out there to stop the bad guys and girls with guns who are, who do have them, who are active shooters, who are school shooters. I do believe that um, the only way to stop them, well, the only way to stop them in the act is is with your own force, whether that is with a firearm, whether that's tackling them, whether it's whatever. Um, but there, there's so there is more that we can do. Um, now I'd like to hear from you. So please leave in the comments what you, your response to, I think, the five reasons that I talked about, but also what can be done, what should be done. Um, I Again, I, I'm, I'm tired of people being closed-minded and just saying nothing should be done. Uh, I think that we we need to be more constructive about things that can happen and stop blasting people that say things. I, I got blasted for some of the comments that I made, like I just talked about here, with, I think, mandatory training, why I think it would be good for the un, the gun industry as well as for safety. Some people blasted me on that because they don't want any sort of thing like that at all. And, um, well, look, I mean, it's easy to just blast away, but what are you doing to, uh, to help solve the problem? What are you doing in the way of suggesting people? What are you doing in the way of talking with, with legislators about things that can be done? What do you support? What do you obstruct? Are they the right choices? And I'd like to hear from you of some of your, your, um, uh, some of your comments about uh, what's going on right now in the media. So please go ahead and leave them on there. Also, make sure that you go and check out our podcast show notes over at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 183. You'll get uh, the checklist that I, uh, I suggested in there as well as other show notes here and the audio and everything. You can go over and get that for free right now. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.